Welcome back to Kettlebells and Cocktails. I'm your host, John, back with a very purple Nikki tonight. What's going on? I like your hoodie. Do you like it? Thank you. We work we work yeah. with this brand at the agency. It's called Jambies. Oh. Highly recommend. Yeah, not yeah. sponsored. Maybe I should charge. Yeah, maybe but... you should just send me one. That'd be better. Okay. Oh, I will. Remember that one that we made for the agency that had that cute little bear yeah. on it? Yes. That's yes. same same brand and custom. So you'll be in the next run. I'll get oh, you. Perfect. I yeah. love it. And and you're headed to Waz in a couple of days. And for the first time going to an event, you're not all spray tanned. Tonight, I'm not. Tomorrow, oh, I will be. Are you? You're going tomorrow? I am. Yes. Like, I could show up. Miami. Exactly. You know Frank knows. Like, I could show up in Miami with this pasty-ass New England skin. Yeah, right. Well, no I didn't way. know. Look, hey, look, you're doing a different gig this time. So I didn't know because you're not going to be technically under the lights. True. If that's you needed true. It or not. I yeah. do because I feel like whenever you're on any camera, it's just like you're you look good, feel good kind of vibe. You know what I mean? And I feel like I look the best when I have a healthy glow. And I haven't been right. in the New England winter, so it's all part of the it's all part of the thing, right? Like I got my nails yeah. done, I gotta go get the spray tan, I gotta go get a bikini wax because I can't see down there anymore because my belly's too big. <laughs> it's like a whole thing. It's like right. a whole process. That a is, weekly that is, up. No. No, you know how I know goes. all I know all these things. Yeah. Uh, let me introduce our guest. We have an affiliate owner with us tonight. <laughs> I'm never gonna I I'm just hopeful I get your name, your last name right, Frank. Fohrenbach? Did I get right? Was it close? Close enough. Nice, John. Hi, Frank. I know. Frank, Nikki's the pro. Like, she's great at the names. I'm not, but I was on deck here. So I had to give give it my best shot. So, Frank, tell our listeners what affiliate do you own? How long have you owned it? How long have you been doing it? All that fun stuff. Yeah. First City CrossFit in Monterey, California. We've been an affiliate. We just had our 10 year reaffiliation and coaching lots of sports prior to it, but I started, got my level one, level two when we moved down to Monterey and we were working out in our garage and driveway and went and got my level one, went and got my level two when it was the coach's prep, had that for about 10 years, CrossFit kids, CrossFit weightlifting, CrossFit mobility, all the courses. And uh, yeah, about 10 years of coaching. Hey, forgive my ignorance, but is Monterey in the Northern part of the state or the Southern part? It considers Central California, so we're about two hours north of San Francisco, or sorry, two hours south of San Francisco. Okay. And pretty well north of South Southern California. Nick, Nikki, you'll love this. So a friend of mine who works for Wide Prep, we had been on last week, and a friend of uh, mine from that group lives in California. She lives in Santa Barbara, and since and but she's from Montana, which is important to the story. Sends me a DM with a freeze warning for Santa Barbara and the list of things they were asking people in California to do because of a freeze warning were ridiculous. Wear coats and hats and don't leave without food and make sure you have blankets in your car. I'm like, Jesus Christ, it's going to be 32 degrees. You guys are acting like the world's ending. It's like, Like, it's going to be 32 degrees for like a minute. Like a freeze warning is like, it (laughs) might hit 32 degrees. Not like it's going to stay 32 degrees. I know. I was like looking outside and it was snowing as I was getting this message. I'm like, man, I'm not going to see the sun again for four more months, right. let alone a temperature above 32 degrees. I was just going to say, we Best. just had like, we had a massive rainstorm like a week and a half ago that knocked out like power everywhere because it rained for like two days straight. And everything was flooded and gross. And then last weekend we got five, maybe like six or eight inches of snow, like nothing too, too crazy. 
but over the course of the weekend. If there's yeah. a freeze warning, don't leave your house without eggs. <laughs> you know it. Well, look, Frank, we're just jealous, man. Like those yes, of us that live in Nikki's in New Hampshire. I'm in Ohio. We don't. I'm in don't... Rhode Island. Rhode Island. So it's all the same. It is all the same. Actually, the that's same. fine. It's all. Yeah. I was born and raised in Poughkeepsie, New York, so not far away. Oh, you get yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. You you understand. So you get the beautiful weather. We get the horrible winters, which is yeah how it works. Jealous. Well, and I lived in not... Tahoe for a couple of years, and that's where I started mm -hmm. crossfitting. So I'm used to like snow and feet. So yeah, Tahoe I've seen is that is a different world when it comes to weather. Like that is like I just like like I, unless you live there, or I guess vacation there, but nobody really vacations there in the winter for too too long. You you cannot fathom that level of snow. It just it doesn't like John. You and I know snow. Oh, yeah. But Tahoe is like a different, like, I, it's wild. And especially this yeah. last year. Did you hear this last season? They had like the most insane. Logan, John, she mm -hmm. was living in Tahoe for a while and yeah, she was course. there this past season. And it was like just the most record amount of snow that they've had where people were like, like seriously scary situations, like stuck places, stuck in their homes, stuck in their cars. Like people were like snowshoeing miles and miles to like bring people fuel and heat and blankets and like rescue them from whatever. It's wild. Yeah, Insane. Well, I was just joking with my daughters. I'm hoping global warning kicks in. So Cleveland eventually becomes beachfront property. Mm. It'd be nice. It'd be really nice. <laughs> Yeah, because the friggin' oceans will rise so that, yeah, yeah. 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 You don't have beachfront properties. So. It's, it's going to yeah. be perfect. Going to be yeah. perfect. Well, let me, let me give listeners kind of the rundown how I met Frank, or I'm going to put that in air quotes because I meet everyone on the internet. Right. I guess it was several weeks ago. We talked about it on the show, but I had come across this Instagram page because the, the algorithm always recommends people to you when your friends are following other people. And a whole bunch of my friends were following Frank's page, which was a CF affiliate group. And so I'm like, what is this? And I'm looking at it and I couldn't quite figure it out. And I, so I started a little studying on it and it was a lot of content about CrossFit, obviously, and changes within the community. And that's when we did the show about a coup d'etat within CrossFit. And I had messaged some friends and said, Hey, do you guys know who's running this page? And none of them did. So somebody joined your group and figured it out and messaged me. And I wasn't going to out you on the air because I'm a good dude. And I don't do that to people. And like the next day, Frank DMs me and goes, Hey, that was me you're talking about. And next thing we know, we're here. So I love it when people do that. I don't like outing people on the air, but we're really happy to talk to you. So thanks for, thanks for joining and have a conversation with us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, I have lots yeah. of questions. Yeah, I've, I've had some great conversations with a lot of affiliate owners. And yeah, I'm looking forward to talking about it and spreading the word. I appreciate you having me on for this. Can you guys go back to sort of the original, John, the original like first wind you heard of what Frank is working on with the CF Affiliate Collective and how we got to our first conversation about like, is this a coup? which by the way was like <laughs> a clickbaity title, but because Frank, I think a lot of people still don't really understand what it is that you're organizing. And I think it's important to explain a little bit about how we even got here with you because we, we didn't and still don't quite, I feel like after this conversation, we'll have a better handle on it. 
understand the motives and the direction of the organization that you're trying to put together here. Yeah, and I think what when I came across it and was looking at the post, I couldn't quite figure out at the time what the intent was. It was like kind of I felt like there was a balance between or is there a group that's wanting to buy back CrossFit from the private equity group that now owns it or are, or are they trying to unionize? Like I couldn't figure out which was it, it or was it a little bit of both? And the finance guy, I mean, is like, well, there are third and fourth options out there that could be happening as well. It just, it's hard to tell in Instagram posts. So I was just speculating and in full disclosure, that was absolutely a clickbaity title because I knew people would click on Kuta Talk because it just sounds <laughs> crazy. And I wanted people to know what a big brain I have, of course. Always, always. Good word. Yeah. I to be fair, I had to look it up and I still misspell it. Yeah. <laughs> that was my big problem. Some some French person messaged me like, Oh, you got the you got this the letters all wrong. I'm like, Okay, great. Thanks. Yeah. But I thought it was really interesting and I really appreciated that you messaged because it made me feel better that this wasn't, or at least it, it didn't feel like someone just out to blast CrossFit. Cause I, that does get old within our community. I think mm -hmm. for all of us, where there's just like a lot of people shouting for no reason. I'm like, all right, this, you seem like a pretty level-headed dude in the DMS. I kind of, I think I immediately messaged you, Nikki and said, look, I got like six paragraph message from Frank. This is great. And I was like, tell me all the things. So Frank, why don't you tell us? All the things. Tell us about the collective. Tell us about what you're what you're trying to do here and where you're at today. Yeah. So I, I think I want to start with just saying that I for for two reasons really I didn't I kind of kept myself hidden, and so I appreciate you not outing me. I guess, but <laughs> ultimately you don't. It doesn't take a whole lot to figure out who it is, and and I found that it was kind of counter to the credibility that the movement needed if I wasn't willing to put myself out there. And so that's where I've kind of just had conversations with people and John being one of them, but really also because I didn't want it to be, it's not about me. And I think that it needs to be about everybody. And I think last time when Greg sold the company and there was the whole Floyd 19 issue, I think that there were a lot of different factions kind of vying for let's be this affiliate, let's be this affiliate. And I think that's part of what, prevented anything united from happening. And I wanted this to be not me. And so, and, and I, I had a recent conversation on this fun podcast with Greg and, and he said, well, why don't you just start your own like Frankenfit? And I said, no, cause that's not what it's about. Number one, me, it's about everybody. And I want to maintain this community. And, and I said, I don't have the clout for that, but we'll, we'll get back to that. So the way this kind of started was I was at an event where there were some other affiliate owners and we were talking and kind of commiserating about some of the decisions that came out of HQ um, with the new owners and some real concern about what the direction that um, CrossFit headquarters was headed. And, and I just kind of had the thought, and I think I even said it out loud, like, what a damn shame we didn't organize as affiliates and buy it ourselves. And everybody kind of said, yeah, that would have been great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we all kind of went our ways and nobody really did anything about it. And one of the affiliate owners a couple months later posted something on social media saying it's time for affiliates to organize and wrote him back. And I said, yes, I've been thinking about this since we had that conversation. Let's do it. And this was prior to the fee increase that we were starting to talk about what that would look like. And after the fee increase, that's when I, I just decided he 
I think had some reservations and questions and I said, I'm just going forward. I'm just going to do this. I'm going to roll with it. And I created the page and I started, I, I think I have different ideas about what it should be. Really. I want feedback from everybody. I want to hear from other affiliate owners, what they think the best approach is. I think I've settled on at a minimum, we need to be organized where if the current owners decide they want to get rid of it and sell it, that we are in a position to buy it. And I don't think that is something we can wait until they say, Hey, we're going to sell it. Or if we'll even get that opportunity, if we're not approaching them about it. So, yeah, so that's, I don't know, where, what, where can I go from there? You tell me what questions you have. I have all well, of the questions. I would like to say that Frankenfit is a great name though. You should totally yeah, do that at some truly. point. Some point. You know, there are a lot of people that were rallying around Glassman trying to start something. His non-compete apparently ends August. And and I've had an opportunity to speak with him and, and kind of suggest like, hey, or is that something you're interested in? Even on interviews, he said he's happy doing what he's app he's doing. The Broken Science Initiative is amazing. He's raising his kids and I'm and I don't fault him at all for that. But we'll see. I hope I hope at some point when he can be involved, he will. I think he'd be crazy to do it. I said it with love for Greg. Like he's been great to me and he was the first guest on this podcast ever. Like he's been really before me, before I was ever involved in this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Pre pre Nikki. Yeah. But man, I I don't I don't think he wants to be involved on a regular basis, but I think in an advisory position he would he would help out. I think I think he, as a general rule, sees the issue with the company being owned by private equity and being run for profit and, and, and the solution I'm presenting would, I think, solve that. Well, I'm just saying, I just mean, I'd like to see him enjoy his money and his kids in more free time than running a company the size of CrossFit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he's know. not interested in running it. He's <laughs> That's all I mean. I just, I just want to see him have a happy, chill life. That's all. But, you know, he'll do yeah, what he wants. I think we owe him a debt of gratitude that we'll, we'll never repay. So, Nikki, what was your question? You had a question. I kind of interrupted you. So, well, I have a, I have a lot of questions. So I feel like this will branch off into many sub sub questions. Be prepared. But so, so high level, the point of the collective is to organize affiliates so that you guys are number one on the same page about your wants and needs for the future of the organization, and number two how you could potentially take control of it if the opportunity presented itself where there was a, a, a potential buying option. Let's just put it that way. That sounds great. That's not a question okay. you hired. We're amazing. Great. <laughs> That's what I, marketing is what I do in case you, <laughs> in case it wasn't obvious. What I don't quite understand is it sounds like you are not at all advocating for the breakup or division of the affiliates within CrossFit itself, right? Because the first time we ever talked about you guys on the show, we were like, are they trying to like get people to de-affiliate so they can get people into their own thing and then they can take the fees and it seemed a little sketchy, but you sound like you're like, no, I, nobody should leave CrossFit. Like CrossFit is a thing. We should keep supporting it. But how, how does that reconcile with the fact that it, could be seen as almost like perpendicular to the mission of CrossFit itself, where you guys are trying to organize and do your own thing. It just, it, what I don't understand is if CrossFit were to make a move where your collective was like, now nah, we don't jive with that as affiliate owners, then what? Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not, it's not always so clean and simple as CrossFit's going to sell. And you guys are like, we're going to buy and thank goodness that we organized. 
if CrossFit makes a decision you don't like, that doesn't necessarily have to do with the affiliates stepping up and becoming the new owners and it becoming more of a oligarchy, so to speak, then what happens? What is, what is, what then becomes the point of the collective? Yeah, I think, I think it depends, right? I think it depends on the situation. I'm kind of leaning more towards the mindset each day that CrossFit, the CrossFit model in terms of what affiliates signed up for doesn't work as a for-profit business. And right now we have people who own the brand and the company who, whose interests don't align with those of the people that are doing the work, earning the money, who built the brand. And so I'm open to the idea of private equity owning it, but I don't see any value coming out of the organization now. So, as, so I, I've already told headquarters that I'm de-affiliating in 2024, my gym. I don't see anything changing. It's been four years. I don't feel like we've gotten anything of value out of them. I've, we've used the name, the brand, which arguably affiliate owners built and Greg built and the methodology Greg built. They don't own that. They don't own my gym. They don't own the methodology. They own the name CrossFit and they own the phrase forging elite fitness. And I pay to use that brand. And in reality, the brand name itself, in my opinion, outside of our community and the general public has a lot of misperceptions, but that, that those misperceptions keep people out of my gym. Every time I go to a party, that's not a CrossFit party. I tell someone I'm a CrossFit gym owner and they say, I can't work out with you. I don't want to get hurt. Mm. And they know nothing about my gym. My gym has five-star reviews and people will tell you that they had injuries when they came in and now they're more functional than ever. They're PRing their shoulder press, all those things. But all they know about my gym is a CrossFit gym. And they say, I don't want to work out with you. I don't want to get hurt. The other thing I hear is I need to be in shape before I can come work out with you. The new owners have had four years to do something about that. And they've done nothing in my opinion. I mean, I think they created four videos that had some value in four years and it took them four years to kind of create those videos. Or maybe I'm not being fair. It's, I guess it's been about three and a half years, right? Little, maybe a little less, but. I lost my train of thought where I was going this, but I guess, I guess, where does it go in terms of what if they do something right? And, and, and honestly, the affiliates fees make up the vast majority of CrossFit's revenue. Another big chunk of their revenue is education, which essentially is paid for by coaches and or gyms on behalf of their coaches. If the affiliates don't decide they don't want to be affiliated, whether it's de-affiliation or pushing back against a, a particular decision. CrossFit has no revenue. The company has no value. So yeah, I guess that's, I guess that's what I would say is I, I hope it doesn't come to that. I hope CrossFit headquarters would see us as a partner mm -hmm. um, and, or even a boss, but I don't think they see it that way. I think they see it as a cash generating machine and they're trying to extract revenue from us however they can. And I'm not going to contribute to that anymore as of our renewal date. So. Yeah. One of the one of the main points you made there though is around CrossFit being dangerous. And Don's made that point on every podcast I've seen him be on for the last year. I think he made it on ours for God's sake at some point that that's a main obstacle they're trying to overcome. If CrossFit what, but it, what so they know that, but what have they done about it? Well, that's what I'm asking you. If they if they solve for that, because let's be honest, like I we're all OGs here. We've all been doing this for over a decade. 
the CrossFit is dangerous thing. Hell, we created it. I mean, we did. I was part of that. We were all part of that. You guys remember the early days when Pukey was our mascot? I mean, I mm -hmm. and, and I say that with love for Pukey. Like, we all love him. That was our mantra. CrossFit's hard. It's going to be the hardest thing you've ever done. Our warm-up is your workout. Like, we had all the little phrases that went with it and a little badge of honor every time you puked after Fran. So we kind of propagated it. And now, we, myself included, we all want it to go away. Because it's the right thing. We want people to know you can come in and do this at 75 years old. So that's the question. Well, if they if they can solve for that, would that would that be enough to say, all right, it's worth the forty five hundred bucks a year to stick around and continue to move this thing forward? Well, and, and that's a question I've asked myself, and and fundamentally the answer I came to is, if I'm an investor and I'm looking and I'm concerned with profits, how does that contribute to my profits in the short term? Right, and I guess you can tell me, John, but from what I've heard from folks with more experience in private equity. They're looking to buy this company. They're not looking to hold on to it for decades. They're looking to buy it, increase the revenue, cut expenses, and sell it mm -hmm. for a profit. And they want a 20% profit on their money is, is from what I'm hearing. So I, I don't see that happening. I mean, I think Don recognizes it. I think Don is trying to, I, I don't know what goes on behind the scenes, but I imagine I've had some conversations with Don. I've been fortunate that he gave me his time. And I've had some conversations and those were things I mentioned to him. And he's like, he, he gets it, right? He clearly echoes that. I don't know if he has money or the leeway to do it, right? It's spending money on something that they're not going to see return on for who knows how long, but, and, and how much money they're going to spend. I mean, the thing I hear from almost every affiliate owner I talk to is bring back the media team and start telling mm -hmm. those stories. Why is that not like already done, right? Like, I don't know. I just, I feel for Don because he's had a, a short runway. Um, and that runway got eaten up by two years of the, the former leadership, I guess. But I, I mean, I think, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm not optimistic. Put it this so, way. so I, I'm hearing sort of two different pathways. The first is like your gym doesn't necessarily need this affiliation. And there may be other people who sort of like follow suit and you guys are having conversations about. What is the value of the brand? Do I need it at my gym? Do you need it at your gym? Let's just kind of like have open conversation about what we're getting out of this partnership truly. And then the other path is like, let's all stay within the community. And if there ever was an opportunity for us to be the directional leaders of this, then we can consider that. And so in that respect, when you are really trying to organize people to say like, what if we could, what if we could buy this? What if we could run it? What if we could influence the way that things go? How would you guys, Frank, as affiliate owners who own this brand without necessarily these, the same for-profit goals as the current structure allows for, how would you pr then provide value to the rest of the affiliates? or? Would you just not charge a big affiliate fee and there would be no value really, no expectation of additional value because you have the name and that's kind of it. Because without that for-profit structure, my concern is like, okay, now you guys own it. Now what? Now is everyone still equally as upset because they're not getting anything from the quote-unquote owners? You know what I mean? Yeah. So just to back up a little bit, I, I, I don't think, I think the reason, I think Gym owners are having a really hard time because 
we don't see any value. And then again, this is, I'm not speaking for all gym owners here necessarily, but this is what I gather from having a lot of conversations and partly how I feel. We really question what we're getting for the money we're spending. Um, and we have concerns about how the company is run. We have concerns about the brand that aren't being addressed. But we, but we associate CrossFit with the community we love, why we started a gym was CrossFit, and the methodology we love. And we have really, I think a lot of gym owners are really unsure. They, they want to stay with CrossFit, but headquarters is kind of giving them no reason and creating a lot of frustration. And so that's where I think the choice is really like, do we de-affiliate or do and like not be part of this community we love and, and endorse the methodology we love and, and continue have to do all the remarketing of renaming our business? Or do we figure out a way to exert leverage on HQ to ensure those things are done? And then probably the easiest way I see to exert leverage is just to buy the company at least make an offer and and if the owners are having a hard enough time figuring out how to make it profitable that they have to raise affiliate fees i suspect they may be looking to unload it i think they it's a great expression that uh, I, I think originated with greg that they thought they were buying a pirates of the caribbean amusement park ride and they were buying a pirate ship and they got on board and realized it was a pirate ship. And now they're going, oh, and the pirates are not happy with the new captain, if you will. Right. So, so I think, so, so that kind of, I think covers the, maybe the, the, the two alter, the alternative paths in terms of what would it look like? Again, I think it's up for affiliates to decide and want to foster in a conversation. It's certainly not my decision or, or it's not up to me. I want it to be a, a collective decision as best it can be when you're talking about 12,000 potential affiliates, but um, there is a structure in certain states. I've done some research on this. It's called a benefit corporation and it's a corporation and actually Patagonia, I believe is a benefit corporation. It's a corporation where the corporate structure is such that profits for shareholders is kind of the fiduciary responsibility of the C-suite and it kind of has to come first. Um, with a benefit corporation, you can, and I'm still learning about this, so so I may be getting some of it wrong, but as I understand it, you in the charter, you can define stakeholders and the, the benefit of those stakeholders kind of gets placed before profits. And so the C-suite does not have a fiduciary responsibility um, to first return profits. It has a fiduciary response or a, a responsibility to benefit the stakeholders in, in the way that the charter Specialized. John, do you know anything about this based on your background? I know it's a niche thing. It's not my forte. Okay. Fair. To, 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 to say the least. Okay. If you had some, if you had some information, I would love to hear it just because like I said, I'm still researching it, but some structure like that, that we've also floated the idea of a nonprofit as a way to get rid of the profit motive. Ultimately, I think affiliate owners know best how our fee should be spent. And the majority of the revenue from for HQ is coming from affiliate owners. So shouldn't affiliate owners just be in charge of deciding how CrossFit spends its money? It just seems to make sense to me. And the way the, the mission of CrossFit should be for affiliates to be um, successful and make money. And the way that HQ would ultimately increase its revenue would be 
build the brand up where there is a wait list at every gym. And now we need more affiliates just to service the number of people. And as the number of affiliates grow, there grows your revenue for CrossFit HQ. I think the private equity as an alternative, right? Basically said like, we're not, we don't want to spend the time or the money to do all that. So we're just going to raise affiliate fees on the existing affiliates. And we don't, we're basically going to call their bluff. We're going to, we're not, we're going to hope that they don't de-affiliate. And I'm sure they know some, some portion will, but I don't know. Again, I'm, I'm speculating, but. Well, I think, I think a lot of this is contingent on whether private equity is willing to sell. I mean, that's the, that's the one thing we haven't mentioned here. I mean, I, I don't know a ton about Berkshire, but I've, I've studied them a little and they don't seem to be a company that's quick to sell. So I don't get the sense from looking at their past history or even hearing from Don that they're looking to flip this thing in a couple of years. Like, I feel like they're in it for longer than most of us think. I could be completely wrong on that. Again, I'm speculating. This is just an opinion. Everything you're discussing is they'd have to be willing to sell. Like they're, this isn't a poor company. Like they can sit on a loss for a while and wait you out. So I, I kind of wondered yeah, but when do I was, they wanted, go ahead. Sorry. Well, I was just wondering, as I was looking at what you guys were trying to accomplish is your better move is just trying to organize as in more of a union fashion than, than actually trying to buy it. Like the reality is what the company's worth right now, it'd be a very expensive purchase. Mm-hmm. It would be. Yeah, I mean, so it, I'd know. love to address the purchase price, but I would say in terms of unionizing, I mean, I think that's certainly an option, but ultimately I think it creates a contentious relationship and we're never going to change the fundamental notion that CrossFit is being run for profit and and arguably that's in direct contrast to doing what's best for the affiliates. Well, right? how, um, how so? I mean, I work for a for-profit business and I help a lot of people with a lot of financial needs. Like how... How is making a profit anti-productive to CrossFit? Well, I think that it, it certainly puts any long-term investment, makes it a difficult decision or, or it's going to be a fight, right? And, or if CrossFit's, I mean, let's look at some of the decisions that have been made, right? I think Monster Energy is, is a really a good one, the sponsorship there, right? Like they decided that, a way to make money was to take sponsorship money from someone who was counter to the brand. And why did they make that decision? Because it was about dollar signs. Now, I think you could argue that they got enough pushback and they corrected, but like, do, <laughs> did you really need to get pushback on that? Did you not know that that was going to, how it was going to go? Do you think affiliates ever would have made that decision if we were running the company? I think if you saw the dollars behind what that deal could have been, you might have, depending on the needs of the the needs of the company and where great. that allocation had to go. Which is this is this but that's a perfect sorry, John, you say your yeah. thing and then come back to me. Well, I was just gonna say Greg himself has been quoted as saying he would do it. Not necessarily monster, but like he would take money from everyone as long as he could put it back into CrossFit. So mm-hmm. I like I, I'm with you. Like I hated mm-hmm. the monster sponsorship, hated it. Hated it, but I, I didn't feel that money was going back into affiliates. I just think that it's a really pure vision that you have, Frank. Like, I love the, the, I love the sentiment of being like, shouldn't affiliate owners lead the way for this brand whose sole mission is to make our population healthier and fitter? You guys, as affiliate owners, John, you too, 
you guys are the direct conduit to providing the service for the populace. So shouldn't you be the leadership in the direction of the brand? Like it's a wonderful, pure thought. I just think the company is so complex now that it's not that simple anymore. And the only way that I see it working is if all the pillars of the company separate, right? If CrossFit in one silo is affiliates and that leadership comes from people within the community. Beautiful, wonderful. I love it. And then there's the educational pillar of CrossFit that is run by separate people. And maybe it is for profit. Maybe it's not. I don't know. It depends on the goals of what's happening with the educational department. And then there's the sport of CrossFit. And I think when when all three of those things are together, no, I don't know if it makes sense if it should be run by the affiliate team. Because there's a lot more going on than just what's happening in our gyms every day. But that is absolutely the heart and soul and core of the brand and what it is or what it was. But now it's just so much more that it's not that simple of an outcome, I don't think. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess I would say just my first thought when I hear that is, I don't know if the games, I would like to know how much of our affiliate fees subsidize the games. Um, a lot. I think it's... That's yeah, a lot. right. And so you separate those things and 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 arguably maybe they shouldn't be and and maybe maybe separating them is the best way. But I want to go back to a couple other things, right? There were there were a bunch of things that Greg was doing behind the scenes with our money that I don't ever see and I I don't ever see private equity ownership doing. One of them was early on people were walking into CrossFit gyms and yelling rabdo and and suing the gym, right? And the insurance companies, it was a couple $10,000 and the insurance companies were settling and then they were dropping the gyms and Greg formed RRG, right? And he said, we're going to fight this. He spent millions of dollars fighting one lawsuit that was for like $10,000 and, and everyone told him he was crazy, but it saved how many CrossFit gyms from going out of business, right? That doesn't make sense to a for-profit when you're putting profit first. Now, Greg made money. It wasn't not for profit. But the mission always came first and affiliates always came first when he was running the show. Um, another one is the NSCA lawsuit, right? That was a, a fight that we should have been fighting on principle. And they settled, not only did they settle it, but they settled it and said, we can't talk about it. And now there's licensure bill in California that is trying to get passed. Someone is trying to pass it. And it's going to make CrossFit certifications invalid. Every CrossFit gym will have to go out. All the coaches will have to go out and get a different certification. And, and it's unclear who's behind it. But Greg fought that battle in multiple other states when he was in charge and he shut that down. And I don't think affiliates understand that or appreciate that. And that is not something, I mean, Dave Castro that recently came up on his weekend review and he said they're keeping an eye on it. Well, what does that mean? You need to be fighting it. You're going to shut down every CrossFit gym in California and you're not fighting it. But it doesn't, it doesn't turn into profits for them, especially if they're looking to, I mean, again, we don't know the timeline, but I suspect they're, they're looking to unload CrossFit. And I think at a minimum, we need to be organized if that's the case. But I also think there's a case to be made that when you're running it for, for profit, the decisions that you're going to make are very different from when you're being run by as a, a benefit corporation for the benefit of your stakeholders. 
I, so I don't disagree with that. But when Greg was running it, he was running it for profit. So you can't necessarily say back then it was totally nonprofit or benefit or whatever. And now it's for profit. So now it's evil. Right. Like it, it, still, it still was the same. And then the other thing I would say is while I don't disagree with any of the things you have said, because those strides that Greg made when he was running the organization are like absolute pillars to how we've even gotten to where we are today. The reality is like none of us know what they spent money on when Greg was running it, what they spent money on when the other C-suite was running it, what they spent money on when these guys are running it. Nobody knows anything. Like we're all just full of assumptions here, there and everywhere. Like what if what if Greg was I don't even know what if he bought a house for every person on the C-suite? Like we don't fucking know. We'll never know. And so there's just there's so many assumptions in the like that was the golden age or or Dave said that they're keeping an eye on it, but he didn't use the word fighting. And so what does that mean? Like, we don't know and we never have and we never will. So I just it just feels like a lot of a lot of unknown. Always. You, but you're making my argument for me, right? Yeah. Tell so me. one of the other things I hear from gym owners is better communication and transparency yeah, yeah, yeah. about how our money is being spent. Fair. Great. It fair. Didn't, unfortunately, it didn't happen under Greg, but I can guarantee you it won't happen under private equity. I asked my affiliate rep, I said, I would love to know how our money is being spent. She said, it will never happen. They're not. No, gonna that's do interesting. It. Yeah. That's what would happen if affiliates ran it. At least if I, if, I, if I was one of the affiliates on the board, that's what I would push for. Transparency. And as a board of affiliate owners, why wouldn't you? Right? Why would yeah. you tell everybody exactly how their money is being spent and say, do you think we should be spending it this way? That's not going to happen. And, and oh, by the way, they're also going to take a nice big profit chunk out of that money that you're paying. That's fair. I think that that, that argument, I totally can get. And I guess I would say Greg, Greg largely ran it how, I, how, I, how I'm suggesting we run it as a benefit corporation where it's, you have the stakeholders first. I think, I think it would be hard to find a decision that Greg made that did not have affiliates first in that decision, right? And there were a lot of decisions that were very counter to his financial. He, he could have made a lot more money by not fighting some of those fights, but he did it on principle. He did it to protect affiliates. He knew affiliates were CrossFit. He said many times, the, the cross, CrossFit is not a name. It's a methodology, but honestly, the, the affiliate owners are the magic, right? And so I think, I think Greg got it. He largely ran it how I wanted, I wanted to see it run as a benefit corporation. But how do we know that? Like, do we know how much he was making? Do we know how much the C-suite was making when that was happening? Is, are the, is that public? I haven't seen it. And I'm not, I'm not being like, well, was it? I'm, I'm legitimately asking, like, is that information that we know? No, and I don't know if we ever will. Um, but I do know, like I said, that there were multiple decisions that I can point to where he spent a lot of money fighting for affiliates that he could have let let slide, right? I the see. licensure he, thing, he fought in multiple states. Uh, I mean, and you could argue like, okay, well, if he didn't fight that, then maybe the CrossFit gyms would have closed down and his his business would have suffered. So maybe he saw it as a longer term investment. But yeah, I don't know. I, I, I can certainly point to multiple examples where, you know, and I, and I, and I think he, he got rich and he deserved to, I think. I, I don't fault him at all for, for taking a profit. I think that's almost an argument again for for no one person to be in charge, but for affiliates to do it and run it as a benefit corporation and profits are kind of a, a side note. If we make them great, we can decide whether we want to reduce affiliate fees if we make a ton of money or write affiliate owners a check or dump it back into the business, build 
We use it to build a business up more. Yeah. I mean, I, I would like to see affiliates profitable before any, any profits are taken out or any profits are worried about at the HQ level. Well, the the reality is, is the company's got probably close to a hundred million dollars in revenue. So mm -hmm. if you want to buy this thing, it's going to cost you at least 300 million minimum. Oh, is that all? That's it. So okay. uh, I, yeah, I'd love to, I'd love to chat about that. So again, affiliate owner fees make up the majority of the uh, majority of the revenue. And if you suddenly lose all of your revenue, what is your company worth? If 10,000 affiliates show up and say, we're the majority of your revenue, we'd like to buy your company. I think a smart business person would say, yeah, let's, let's talk at a, at a minimum. Uh, that's and, assuming you can organize 10,000, which is a, that's a big ask. I mean, as someone who deals in big numbers every day, and I mean, social media numbers, not banking numbers, all of those <laughs> are big too. It's, it's one thing to say, hey, I'm going to organize these 13,000 affiliates and get 10,000 to come to my side. It's another thing to get them to actually do something like it's easy to get people to complain. Trust me. I can get people to complain all day long. I'm really good at it, but getting them to flip the switch and go, yeah, I'll go do that with you is a entirely different thing. Like, what do you think it'll take to get affiliate owners to actually sign on board and actually raise their hand and say, okay, I won't pay my affiliate fees this year if changes aren't made. Yeah. So I think there's an approach for that too. I think that. There's definitely a tipping point at which enough affiliates got on board. I mean, I've heard that the uproar when Floyd 19 tweet happened was actually insignificant. And it was, there's a story behind it where Greg decided to sell that was, that really didn't have to do with affiliates kind of uprising. But Greg has said he's, he was terrified of affiliates unionizing. And I've heard it's kind of secondhand from inside sources that the uh, private equity is terrified of of affiliates organizing. They um, should be. They should it, be, right? I mean, yeah, again, yeah. the vast majority of the revenue is, and if yeah. we did get to 10,000, right? God, we have all the cards in our hand, right? But I don't even think it takes that much, right? I mean, if you tell me, if Don says we broke even last year, how many affiliates do we need to stop paying before all of a sudden or you could say they de-affiliate. You could say they stop paying their monthly fees before CrossFit goes, oh, shit. We better, or Berkshire, I should say, goes, oh, oh shit. We better talk to these guys and see what, what we can do. I mean, I think there's, there is always the option for us of, of, as affiliates forming a different brand, right? But I, but I think everybody wants to stay with CrossFit, right? So, so why not fight for staying with the brand and owning the brand. And I don't think we need to necessarily, I hope it doesn't go the route of hardball, but I think it could. I think, I, I think you're right. I think they may not want to sell. They may not want to admit defeat. Who knows? I mean, I've, I've heard it suggested by someone, somewhat knowledgeable that they think CrossFit headquarters is hemorrhaging cash and that they want to, like I said, dump it in, in eight, 12 to 18 months and they'll, they'll be happy to get 20 million for it. And wouldn't and what a shame it would be if we weren't organized and someone else bought it and sure. ran it as a for profit. Sure, yeah, yeah. I, I don't mean, think some, it'll ever some investment decisions. I mean, just because they're private equity doesn't make they mean they always make good business decisions, right? That's well, of course, true for sure. If they bought a pirate ship thinking they were buying an amusement park ride, right? Like, I mean, I I, I don't think I think it's a unique, a unique business model that Greg formed, and I think they thought it was something different than it was, but who knows?
Well, the question is, would that business model continue to operate well under a collective that you're describing? I mean, like what the fundamentally for me, the difference between Greg and private equity is just a mindset. They're both for-profit businesses. Greg made a lot of money. Let's just be honest. And, and he deserved to, he, he created this thing and created a great thing. We all owe him a lot for it, but he made a lot of money and that's fine. But he ran a real libertarian type business. Like you remember the old days where open gems up, like literally across the street from each other. <laughs> and he's like, survival of the fittest, the best gems will survive. And that's what happened. A lot of people went out of business. And during that time, a lot of really bad habits were created. There's a lot of dirty gems out there, a lot of inconsistency, a lot of beautiful gems, well-run gems, but super inconsistent. So you take that mindset of like this kind of libertarian approach where we're going to let the, the affiliates run their ship the way they want to run it. We're almost going to be hands off. And our job as HQ is to keep government out of your business. And we're going to hire a team of 50 lawyers and sue everybody's pants off that looks at us cross-eyed. And Greg was real good at that. Mm. Real good, real good at it. It's so good. That he made me change. I, it made me actually change my meme page name right at the beginning because I didn't want to get sued. Under Berkshire, right. it's true. Under because they were they would sue anybody that looked at them wrong in those days. Mm -hmm. And then oh, uh, and but, in the beginning, Frank John was also anonymous and had to come out of the shadows in order to grow yeah, his page. So you guys have that in yeah, common. We do have that in common. Mm -hmm. Berkshire is obviously their finance. They're going to look at the bottom line. Their their goal is how much profit can we squeeze out of this the right way. Meaning you're right, like Finance companies, private equities, they don't always make the best decisions, but they do understand how to make money. And I think what they have done is they've hired Don, who's a CrossFitter with a lot of experience, and they brought Dave back on, who's got a lot of experience. And we kept Nicole Carroll, and like we've got a lot of leadership that has been around from the very beginning that understands Greg's vision and are trying to merge the two. How do we get this? finance approach to getting more control, more quality control on the businesses. And you've seen those decisions recently, like requiring L2s for gym owners as a, as a method of quality control, fixing the SEO online so they can actually drive people into gyms, that sort of thing. And fostering some better partnerships, getting rid of Monster and bringing in GoRucks, a great example of one that I think really kind of squarely fits within our community. You know, so it, it sounds like they're listening and trying to figure that out, but they're in a tough economic climate. And so I think that's where we have to look at and go, well, which is it going to be if we bail from the finance company and go back to what we had, it's still a for-profit business. Mm. It'll have to be. It's a $60 million a year in affiliate fees. That money's got to go somewhere. It does. And so the- yeah, no. Fundamentally, so, for me, the question, and I'll give it back to you, but for me, the question is, if you pull it from the finance company, you somehow get them to agree to sell it, and you buy it back, and you put a team in place, what's going to be different? Right, right. Yeah. So structurally, there's nothing that needs to change from the C-suite down, right? Don, Dave, Nicole, I think they are all well-intentioned and are part of the community. Um, the fundamental problem is right now their directive is fit a square peg into a round hole, figure out how to make profits from this thing that it largely isn't meant to make 20% profit for, I mean, again, Greg extracted profits for sure. Right. But 
again, it was always mission first. And there were so many ways where he was not trying to maximize profit. In fact, he foregoed profit for the benefit of affiliate. So here's what it looks like as, as I see it. And again, I'm, I'm open to suggestions and feedback, but this is my thinking is um, affiliates who decide they want to buy um, collectively get together and we figure out how to buy it, right? And you can, there's lots of different ways we can talk about how to come up with that money and what that looks like. And some of it depends on the purchase price, but let's say it happens, right? I would like to see a board of directors that is made up of affiliate owners, um, roughly 10 to 20. I would like to see a board member from every of the different, all of the different international regions. And then probably about 10 to 20 advisory board positions for people like Greg, if he wants to be on it. Maybe Kelly Starrett, who's not a gym owner anymore, but maybe he has a lot of valuable input. Maybe future potential future board members start as an advisory board member to learn the ropes and move up. John, so you have a John board on the board. John Absolutely. has to be yeah. on the board. Yeah, Absolutely 100%. not. I, I would Absolutely nominate him for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> Never. Absolutely not. He's Absolutely the, not. the uh, head of memes. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and I don't think there needs to be a whole lot of commitment from anyone who is on the board, right? Uh, I think a meeting once a month to direct Don and the C-suite and the whole company, fundamentally the direction changes, figure out how to make a profit off of affiliates versus now affiliate owners own it. And they say, don't worry about profits, support affiliates, make as many affiliates as profitable as you can. And profits, profits will come. I mean, that was Greg's philosophy always, right? If you do this for the money, you won't be successful. If you do it because you care about the people you work with, you'll be successful no matter what, right? And so I think a board of affiliate owners giving direction to the C-suite, untie their hands. You don't need to worry about profits anymore. All you got to do is figure out how to best spend the, spend the money coming in to help affiliates grow and improve the brand, form the media team back, make videos that promote the, the magic that happens in affiliates, everyday people, talk about transformations, talk about people getting off medications, talk about people getting off drugs, talk about people losing 200 pounds, walk into every gym we have and just put a camera up and talk to, tell who wants to tell me about why they started CrossFit. Make videos like that every day. Spend the entire $60 million that affiliates put in promoting the brand. And there will be a line out the door of every affiliate. Um, I forget who said this, but they said, hey, if there was a line outside of every affiliate and they were so busy bringing on new members, there would be no complaints, right? But that's not the case right now. In fact, we're wondering like, what is, what are we getting for our money? And, and there's no one that knows how to spend affiliate fees better than affiliates. And no one that's going to look out for the community better than affiliates. We created the community. We created the brand. Another good, another kind of point, maybe not directly on topic, but another great example is the Green Bay Packers football team, right? They were a small town and I may not be telling this completely right, but they were a small town and they didn't have the money to run the football team at some point and compete with bigger cities. There was a bunch of business owners that got together and they sold shares to the business owners and eventually they sold shares to the fans and the team is owned by their fans, right? I mean, if you want to talk about how do we raise that much money, I've had the thought of why don't we sell a share of CrossFit for $100 to anybody who does CrossFit. You're a garage gym, you're a 
you're an athlete at an affiliate and you want to see the company owned by affiliates, I'd buy a share for a hundred dollars. Well, right now, right now they can't even, of, go ahead. I was going to say, they can't even talk me into buying that $30 t-shirt for the open right now. So they're going to have a hard time selling shares, shares of stock. Yeah, but, for the company, well, I don't know. I, I think those two things are are very different, very, very different. I, I think an ESOP plan is not a horrible idea, it, and it's something that Berkshire could actually run for whatever that's worth. If they can start giving us a buyback into it and allow them to generate capital, but again, I think it needs to be a benefit corporation because anytime, anytime you introduce a for-profit corporation, even if the shareholders are affiliate owners or or, or athletes, right? It, that profit, uh, you know, where the C-suite has a fiduciary responsibility to put profits above any mission. And again, I'll go back to saying Greg made money, but he always, I, I cannot think of a decision where he put his money over defending the affiliates and what was right for the affiliates in the community. Cause he knew that it would, it would make him more money if, and, and, and it was just the right thing to do, I think, honestly. There's so many different things now between um, how people find fitness than when CrossFit started. That mm. I wonder if all of if Greg's model would work today. Meaning, I I love the concept of bringing back the media team and and doing all this and promoting it, having the line of people out the door. But when this thing started and it exploded as it should have, there weren't other like it was all word of mouth, and when the media team at the time was advertising. No one had ever heard of CrossFit. So it was new to everybody. Now we're preaching to the choir. Everyone's heard of CrossFit. So when we start advertising this, like you're not getting it in front of new people anymore, I guess mm -hmm. is my point. And what we didn't have in those days was live streaming. So people are mm -hmm. finding fitness different now than they were back in the early two. Like when I started, I was doing P90X on a DVD in my living room. Cause that was the only way you could get fitness at home and someone introduced me to CrossFit. That's how I found it. Now, if I wanted to find fitness, I literally get messages every day from Apple to use their app. There's hard work pays off. There's street parking. So all the proven, all these other great programs that are online that people can find and use if they want to work out at home. And then you think of all the competitors in the market, like Orange Theory and God forbid F45 and, and none of them as good as CrossFit. Don't get me wrong. Like I'm not comparing them but my point is is that the market saturation is so so incredibly different mm -hmm. and it was in the early 2000s i i worry that if we tried to go back to greg's model are we making it worse and do we give berkshire a moment i don't know how long that moment needs to be frank because i'm with you like i i have my frustrations with them but do we give them another year or two years to say, all right, can they figure out the market conditions? Can they put the right boots on the ground to make this thing viable? Because for me, if you can, even if they're making a shit ton of money, if they're putting it in front of the right people and bringing enough people into the, our ecosystem and getting to that 30 million CrossFitters that Don's promising us, which I don't know how he's going to do it, but he keeps promising it. If he can do it, think of all the chronic disease we can solve with that 30 million mm -hmm. people. That's what I'm here for. Like, I, I don't do this for, I certainly do not make a profit <laughs> or I'm not going to retire on my CrossFit money. You know what I mean? I want to, I want to help those adaptive athletes in my gym live healthier, happier lives. And that is probably and what, what you I would say. 
what I would say to you is we can do all of those things so much easier if we don't worry about for-profit first and we don't have people. I mean, Don's hands are tied, right? He gets it. He knows what we need to do. Why isn't it being done? Because they're fighting him on spending the money we need to spend. And there's some of that money is going towards profits, right? I mean, we didn't get into an opening a CrossFit gym to, we're part of this. It, it's, this is, I think, the hard thing for CrossFit gym owners, right? We're part of a community. CrossFit is so much more than a name for us. And so nobody wants to walk away because CrossFit is, it means something to us. It means something to our community. And all it is is dollar signs to private equity. And so even if you want to say, well, what if they figure out how to do it and, st and they're making money, like, why should I care? Well, because they could be lowering affiliate fees instead of paying out profits because they could be doing it faster and better with more money when they're not paying out profits. And, and, and again, like it's been four years, I don't, I don't see anything of substance being done. And I suspect largely it's because they don't want to spend money to, because it cuts into profits. I mean, and I don't fault them, right? It's, they, I, there's, there's, they, this is what they do. They buy a company and they want to make money. They want to return on their investment. And that's fine if that works, but it doesn't work here, right? I mean, I think, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I understand I just, the I frustration. And, yeah. And, and, I, and I share many of those frustrations, but I, I, I'm not sure we've given it enough time yet to determine whether it works here or not, only because of the, the conditions in which all of this has gone down. Now, yeah. I, I am with you, Frank, that they've made a lot of mistakes. I mean, like when you look at it, they, when they bought this thing from Greg, we we're in the kind of the kickstart of the pandemic, right? And into a pretty tough economic climate for the last four years. They, all of this was organized by Eric, Eric Rose, everybody remembers him. He disappeared like, where's Waldo? And he flamed out, not to mention about half a dozen C-suite employees over that time. Like that churn is crippling in that two-year period. Now they brought on Don and I think Don's a pretty damn good hire and seems like a pretty smart guy, but I'm not sure he's had enough time yet to do two things, which is hire the people he needs and build the culture behind it to build what you're describing. I mean, I quite literally just heard him on a, on a podcast talking about the culture piece and we addressed it actually on one of our shows. And I'm convinced that it's the culture of what's going on in that C-suite that's creating all of what you're describing. And, and if he can solve for that, regardless of what they're telling him at Berkshire, I think we can, we're still sitting on a gold mine. I, I genuinely believe that, but it's a big solve. It's a really big, I don't want to. I got a, I got a solution. Is it, put I got the affiliates in charge. It's, it's affiliates owning. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. Owning, right? like, I just, it's but, like I, solve, but that doesn't solve your C-suite problem. Like part of their problem right now is like the, it's the, it's the internal culture of CrossFit HQ, at least in my opinion, that has the appearance that it's broken. Like they, they're working in silos. You get different, you get different messages every day of the week mm -hmm. for God's sakes. And the, the thing that stood out to me most when I heard this interview, it was on coffee pods and wads, by the way, I should give credit. It was Peter's podcast. It was interviewing Don and Don and Peter asked him a great question. I asked him, where do all these employees live? And Don goes, 95% of them are remote. And as someone who manages people every day, I got a big team of employees myself, a hundred employees, and they, none of them are remote. And there's a reason for that. It's damn hard to build culture in a remote environment. 
you have to be there with them and like it's it's like when we're working out together like when you work out together you bleed together you have a bond for life but when yeah you don't and that's see, i mean i think that's know? the environment of uh, that i think i think every corporation is struggling with that i don't know if that's necessarily an excuse i'm going to accept for for why it's not working and i think there are probably people that have that are doing their best i think you're right they had a short runway and that's somewhat fair i'll tell you a little story i one of one of the things that i've been told as a value add from the current company is that they're going to start referring people to my gym via crossfit.com so and they said, update your profile. So I went in, I updated my profile. I put a description, I put pictures, I put, I linked every coach in my gym. We have level twos, we have a level three link to our gym. Our website is, the link to our website is updated. When I go to CrossFit.com, the first gym and the only gym that shows up is the other gym, the other CrossFit gym in town. Now you can scroll and go to my gym, but the only gym that shows up is the other gym. Now, if you're, <laughs> I was sitting in my gym at this time and location services on my browser were, were enabled. So it should have automatically gone to my gym. Something they, I emailed them and they said, oh, there was an issue. We fixed it now. Okay, great. I'm glad you fixed it. But then I go in and if, if location services isn't enabled, which some people don't like to do, it shows this other gym as the first gym. The website link on their profile is broken. They haven't updated it at all. So as a, as a person that comes to crossfit.com they look for a gym they click on this other profile of this other gym the website link is broken they're not going to go back and go to my page and, and scroll to find my profile and click on my profile which is fully updated and they then and, and so they said well yeah we're, we don't prioritize i said well you do prioritize and, I, and i've gone back and forth and, and they're they're trying they say oh we're trying to make it better we're working on it and i'm like great do i get my 300 bucks back Mm -hmm. For my 3000 right. bucks back until you do? Because what are you doing for me? I've gotten two referrals since they implemented this thing. One was from, an, or they were both from other gym owners who were looking to drop in. And they said, I got this email from CrossFit saying they were going to give us referrals. So I thought I'd test it out. <laughs> and, and I did a little poll through our page. And I said, how many people have gotten referrals? And I think about 25% of the gyms have. But I'm genuinely puzzled by, and, and, I, and I wonder whether the people at CrossFit are even looking at or trying to figure out and again, I guess this is, this is a whole other issue. This doesn't necessarily get solved with affiliate owners owning, but it's, it's like, I sent, I sent them an email and I said, this is yet another reason why I'm not reaffiliating. Yeah. Well, this, so, um, so this is what I keep coming back to is like the idea that with the affiliate owners in charge, there would be more direction on the mission and less on the profit is like a, a super like noble idea it just feels to me like a gross oversimplification of what it takes to run an organization and even if you do silo everything out and let's just say that it's it's only about affiliates and you can take that sixty thousand dollars and you can put it directly back into affiliates without what worrying about any sort of like for-profit directive from the top down there are always going to be website issues and then the affiliates are going to have to direct the web development team and who's doing what there. And that's probably a team of 20 people. And then, do you know what I mean? Like you're, there's always going to be these bullshit problems that the organization is going to have to work with. And maybe you guys would call things out differently or see things differently. And that is a huge value add. So like, I do give you that. But just to say like, 
we would we would hire the media teams and they would go in and tell all these stories and then whatever. Great. What's the media plan for that? Who's in now who's picking the 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 marketing company who's coming in and paying ad advertising dollars and what channels are you on and what there's there's just a bazillion different ways that this all spirals out into what it actually takes to run a corporation and run a business. And I'm not an affiliate owner, but I do own my own business. And so there are, I can just speak from experience, like 1 million things that you have to worry about 24 seven. And I'm not convinced that having affiliates in charge versus business people in charge versus profit people in charge versus whoever is necessarily gonna solve the issue of the complexity of the organization in and of itself. And, and the things that are or aren't getting done and are or aren't pissing people off. Do you know what I mean? I just feel like that shit's always going to be there. And I don't know if the change in leadership is going to be the only thing that solves for that. Yeah, I guess I would say, like, what do you think? What, what is what is the monthly board meeting look like? Right. Right. When, when private equity is involved, the question is, well, how are we doing on making more profits? And when affiliate owners are in charge, the question is, how are we doing on helping affiliates? I just, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a board member and I'm an affiliate owner and I just got this email that says the referral system is garbage. Do you think private equity cares about that? Right? In fact, they'd probably be like, why are we spending money on the website again? Can't we just, don't we have a website? What's, why are we spending money on referrals again? I think oh, private referrals help affiliates make more money. Well, we don't see any of that. Our affiliate fees don't change. Oh, wait. Let's raise affiliate fees. There's a, there's a way to increase. I mean, it, it's that, that fundamental piece of it changes the whole conversation, I think. I think the, and, the and, and it doesn't have to be affiliates running the company, right? I mean, we're running it from a, a high level. I'm going to speculate for Berkshire, but I, I think the flipping the switch on the revenue growth, the charging more in affiliate fees was just, it was a very obvious play for them to. And, and really the most impactful lever they could flip to drive value mm -hmm. back into the business so they could get capital to run the business. I think their main goal here is they want to drive scale and expansion. Like they keep saying at 30 million CrossFitters, that's their goal. They, they know, and they're right about this, that CrossFit's bigger than the affiliates. Like the name CrossFit carries weight now. It's like Coke or I, that's a terrible reference to use, I guess. And Sorry, sorry, Greg. Or the, or the best one to use. Or, or the best one. It's like clean, but it's no, like clean. Yeah, but it is. It's like Coke or Kleenex or any other brand. When you think of something, you're like, you just immediately go to the brand name, right? CrossFit has become that in the lexicon of, like you hear it in, in just random TV shows now. People, it just comes up as normal conversation. And so I think they believe that the name brand is worth the, whatever they paid Greg for it. That's, that's the bottom line for them. And if they lose 5,000 affiliates, so be it because they have another plan that's going to continue to grow this thing and continue to drive expansion and, and growth. So, yeah, I mean, somebody brought up the fact that the, like the numbers of, Hey, if what, what happened if we just started a streaming service and we sold programming and coaching via streaming, right? How many, I mean, each, each affiliates putting in, even with the fee increase, what would it be? 375, I think a month, right? To get at 4,500. You get eight people out of your, out of a gym paying 50 bucks a month for a streaming video yeah. service and affiliates are relevant. I absolutely think they're Arguably, working on that. I mean, I don't think it's the same thing. And I think that's what gym owners are fighting. That's what 
I, I don't think athletes want that, right? I mean, I think one of the biggest lessons I learned from COVID is we gave out every piece of gym equipment we had and we said, work out at home. And I thought, God, did I just destroy myself? Did I just convince people to work out at home? Everybody came back because everybody did not want to work out at home. Mm -hmm. They wanted to work with the community, right? So I think right. that's an argument against streaming, but that doesn't mean they don't try to do that. They don't just say, all right, affiliates, we now have this streaming service and we're going to- I don't know, Frank. I think that's an argument for streaming, but that streaming won't crush affiliates at all. I think that's an argument for like, hell yeah, do it. And in my opinion, programming's already free on .com and it has been, well, and there's been YouTube videos and training forever. I mean, we could do a whole nother hour on this. I, I read a whole thing on this, like 30% of Americans work out at home and that, yeah. that will never set it's foot an, affiliates. It's a, massive, it's a massive market to tap into. And if, if our goal, if our mission is to make the world as fit as possible, why wouldn't we mm -hmm. offer that? And I guess I would sh suggest two things is CrossFit is for a lot of people, it's about community and it's about coaching. And I think Part of the issue with the reputation of the brand is that people are getting hurt when they're not getting proper coaching. And I mean, I, I guess I'll say, I actually emailed Greg when he was still in charge, when he made those workout at home, older folks working out with the blue jugs video. And I said, I, I, I get the intention, but I think it was poorly thought out in terms of execution because this is exactly what we don't want. We don't want people working out at home, trying to figure this out on their own with no coaching and no community and no accountability, right? The magic of CrossFit is coaching and accountability and community. I mean, I don't, I don't think that happens at home. And so maybe that streaming thing doesn't work. Maybe you're right. Maybe the people there, there's a, two groups of people. There's a group mm -hmm. that does streaming and there's a group that comes in a gym and the two are totally different. So they're never going to compete with each other. Maybe that's the case, but I, 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 I think it, certainly doesn't streaming certainly doesn't help affiliates i think that you could say I it's mean, a different friend, demographic it's a different group of people but it doesn't yeah. doesn't draw people into gyms I but it, it helps it, it helps it helps raise fitness it helps raise global fitness isn't that our underlying it, mission it could help people don't get hurt because they're trying to learn how to clean and jerk on their own yeah Glad but that's bed. That's the point of streaming elevates com programming which has always been free which nobody ever argued against or YouTube videos from the CrossFit channel breaking down movements, which nobody ever said, don't post those because people will try and do things on their own. I just think that it's a really interesting conversation to have. And I would argue that, yes, the magic of the affiliates is, or the magic of CrossFit is in the affiliates in the community. But at the same time, I don't think we can dictate what magic is for everyone. Some people feel more comfortable at home. Some people are only able to do it at home. And streaming can, in fact, offer a community in and of itself. I have a Peloton treadmill in, in this room, staring right at it. And people high-five me all the time when I'm in a class. <laughs> and I like it. And I, and I know people on there. And I sometimes will meet people on there for live classes. Like, it's its own thing. It's just very it's, different. And I'm admittedly biased, right? As an affiliate owner, yeah. I have a pair of bias, right? I mean, it's clearly how I like to work out. I mean, same, but, but yeah. But so Don's talked about this, though. I don't think their intention is to do, I mean, again, I don't know. I, I'm going to try to tie it back to our original topic here, but Don has mentioned several times that, that they're thinking, he keeps saying they're talking about, which for me is always code that they're actually working on it when he says they're talking about something. For sure. <laughs> for sure. That, that they're wanting to reach people that 
two types of people, those that don't live close to affiliates or close enough to affiliate, they could actually join. They want to bring fitness to those people and the people that only want to work out a couple of times a week, and they just simply don't want to be part of a group, but they would take advantage of CrossFit. And so I think that's where both of those types of people fit into a streaming service where maybe they would eventually fall in love with it and then come to us as affiliate owners. And, and hopefully that same app they'll be using will push them back to us, right? Fundamentally, I think where all of this fails, and I think this is where the anxiety is coming from from affiliate owners and why this collective has come forth, is they're not forthcoming on what they're actually working on. We just keep getting talking points like, hey, we're talking about this. I'm like, I don't want to know what you're talking about. I want to know what the background is. Like, I'm a smart dude. I can handle it. Just tell me what you're going to do and let me make a decision. Don't make me wait six months to a year. And and ultimately, that's I think that's the issue. That and then broke. roll something out that is dubious. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, that too. Actually, you know, right? There's been a little bit of that too. I think they're trying. I, yeah, to again, I guess I would, I would say of affiliate owners own the company, we have every incentive to be as transparent as possible, both in how the money is being spent, what we're working on, what we're thinking on, right? I mean, it's coming from affiliate owners. So, and I, and I, I'm struggling to see the value that private equity brings to the equation. It sounds like they're trying to address some of that for you though, Like they just put together, they just, it sounds like they're trying to solve for some of that for you. Like they just, I heard they put together an affiliate board. So affiliate owners, like a small board of affiliate owners. I was not asked to be on it. I'll just throw that out there. Not even close. As a matter of fact, typical CrossFit that I had to find out third hand. It's not like they made an announcement or even put out a press release. I just found out from somebody. I'm like, oh, they have a board now. Great. It's so been I, three and a half years and now you're putting together a board? Well, I'm, I'm thinking hoping- this was like, this was, you don't think this was proactive of like, uh-oh, we're going to announce this, this fee increase. We better say we have an affiliate board and. And, and I know someone who got asked to be on it and he said, I don't know if I'm going to be on it because I kind of feel like they're going to use it to throw me under the bus. They're going to make decisions and go, oh, we passed it by the affiliate board and they were for it. I don't know. Again, like maybe I don't I'm know. I don't pessimist, but you might be, but you also might be being very skeptical and that's okay. But I also don't know if we can say things like affiliates should be in charge and then they go and make an affiliate board and we're like, well, now you're making an affiliate board. Like <laughs> they can't win at this no, point. I'm saying, you know what I mean? Like, I, I think, I think I'm being consistent in that. I, I think affiliates great. I'm glad you have a board. I don't know why it took you three and a half years to form it. Yeah. 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 I'm with you on that. Right? We should, again, I, I think we should be in charge. I think we should be, we're paying the fees. We should be, have a much bigger visibility into what we're, how it's being spent. We should be having much more say in how it's spent. And, and to three and a half years after you announce a price increase to say, oh, we have an affiliate board. You're going to actually get to say something. And yeah, I don't, I, again, I'm skeptical. I, yeah, we all are. <laughs> we're all, we're all skeptical, <laughs> Frank. And, and look, I think, I think the one thing we can all agree on is that we would just like more transparency. Yeah. You know, we, all, we all are passionate. We said this in the last show. I, Nikki laughed at me because I said I was a shareholder, but I am a shareholder in this company because I've done Fran and it's made me sick a few times. Like we all feel that passionate about the company and we would just like to be treated like adults and to know what you're actually working on and don't just drip out the information to us and make us guess what that means. A hundred percent. And and I, and like I said, I talked to my rep about that and she said it will never happen. And, but I do know a way it will happen. And that's kind of where, where I'm trying to take it. 
Yeah. I don't know if I agree with your rep on that for the record. As someone who works for a major corporation that's definitely for profit, uh, as all banks are, and we're publicly held, so it's even worse. Like you got to deal with real shareholders, not just a board. Yeah. I mean, I think as a public corporation, you have to publish, right? How you're doing, right? Not with private equity. Well, the point is though, is that even private equity companies will make decisions that are in favor of those of us in the field, in this case, affiliates, if they think it will help them in the long run. And so I think the more that we have conversations Mm -hmm. like this, the more that we tell people where we're unhappy and what we're looking for and, and don't just take things at face value. Like I got yelled at the other day by an affiliate owner for, for complaining about something like you just like to complain. It's like, no, I just, I don't take everything at face value. Mm -hmm. Like I want the details. So yeah, I'm going to raise my voice and use my platform to find out the details because no one's given it to me. And I think Mm -hmm. the more of us that are willing to do that, the more information we get. And, and I do believe it can shift even under private equity, but I'm open to the idea that there could be other options for us. And maybe that's where you guys will come in. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'd love to be optimistic. I just, I'm growing skeptical by the day and this fee increase, I think has a lot of gym owners just, yeah, losing hope, I guess that there, that's something to change. So yeah, I, I hope so. And I think worst case scenario, I, my hope is that the, the collective puts, puts some motivation behind the people and says, helps them realize how important affiliates are and that they need to do more and, and worry more about how affiliates are, how profitable affiliates are and less about their own profits or it just doesn't work. Yeah. Well, keep, keep us updated as you guys are building your collective and, and coming up with new ideas and you're hearing things and you've always got a platform here. We're, ha- we're happy to talk and debate mm-hmm. and argue with you and, mm-hmm. and tell you where we think yeah. we're always right and all that fun stuff. So. I, need the, I need the pushback and I need this, the skepticism of what I'm doing, so I appreciate it. If people are interested, it's at CF Affiliate Collective on Instagram. And we have a Slack channel. We're working on putting some other stuff in place, but that's where we're at right now. Hopefully we'll have some Zoom calls soon. And you guys were nice enough to share clips from our show. I appreciated it. I I, I rarely see this. I have so many notifications. I miss it often. And somehow I missed it. And uh, Emily, her page, The CrossFit Book, shared it. And I'm like, did she pull oh, that on my show? I know. I was like, did I, was that from my page? Where was it from? I start swiping for it and realized it was on your page. I was really grateful. It was nice of you guys. So, well, Kelly you. is really yeah, smart. To... That was a good episode to get a couple nuggets from. Cause yeah, yeah. yeah. it was Kelly's fantastic. Cool. And I need to, I need to make sure I figure out how to attribute because I had a couple of people that asked me, Hey, what, where is this podcast? And I think you got a couple new member or audience members out of it. I, I think it's good. But I, I should do or four. It's great. You know, making sure that people know know how to find it without having to ping me and and yeah, give you a shout out uh, as well. That's so, great. Yeah, appreciate really you guys are doing our moms who are listening right now. Community. So, pretty much. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, my mom. Well, I like, found I you, and I I'm glad I did. Yeah. Well, we are too, Frank. So thanks for yeah. joining us tonight. It's been great. Everyone, make sure you go out and uh, check out the page CF Affiliates on uh, Collective. CF on, Affiliate Collective. Affiliate Collective on Instagram, and. Awesome. All right. Well, Nikki, great to see you again. Thank you. As Thank always, you. have a safe trip to Miami. Have fun Thank with Joe you. and Sean and Tommy and Lauren and everyone. And I won't be there and I'll be sad at home. But We'll miss you. You'll have FOMO. Maybe you'll come join us halfway through the weekend. 
no, I'm not coming. I'm going to be here. I'm going to, I'm going to do memes from Cleveland and enjoy the weather here. It's going to be fantastic. Make sure you, Lovely. Make sure you get a spray tan before you go. If you decide yeah. to change your mind. You change That's your mind. necessary. I'd need a double spray tan, Frank. I'm pretty pleased. <laughs> All right. Well, for everyone listening, I appreciate you guys joining us this evening and we will chat with you guys next week.